Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Congratulations, true crime addicts. We have survived another week. It's Friday, April 22nd, 2022. Look at all those twos. And these are the top true crime stories from around the world. There's all sorts of breaking news right now. Stuff's going crazy. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Um, there was just announced a uh, some breaking news in the Madeline McCann case. We're going to get to. Uh, towards the latter half of the show. And there's a lot going on next week. Next week, as I've, I've, I've kind of, everything leading up to this, next week is CrimeCon, the annual convention for true crime addicts, which is happening in Las Vegas, Vegas baby, uh, and elsewhere in the coming months. But next week is Vegas. Uh, when I bring you this show next week, I will be in Bally's on the Strip. And if you still want to get your tickets to CrimeCon Vegas, my code is TPOC. That's for the Philosophy of Crime, my other podcast, TPOC22. That same code will also work for discounted tickets to CrimeCon UK, which is in London in June, and CrimeCon Glasgow, which they just announced. It's going to be in Scotland in September. So if you're listening from across the pond, TPOC22 for your discount tickets, come see me at Crime Cons. Uh, speaking of the philosophy of crime, some big news for this week. Uh, season 5 has premiered. The Season 5 premiere for the philosophy of crime was Wednesday. Uh, every year I do six episodes of this podcast, The Philosophy of Crime, it looks at the big questions behind our obsession with crime and then goes to classical philosophy for answers. It's kind of a heady, trippy kind of deep dive into true crime. It tells you the history of, of crime and, and true crime, and you learn a lot. So you give it a listen. Listen to one episode. If if you don't like it, fine. But you're going to get pulled in. You're going to want to binge this. So season uh, uh, 
what I was saying was I do six episodes every year. I do a season, each season, six episodes. And the first episode came out on Wednesday. It's the first episode of this year, season five, is how can lawyers defend guilty people? How do lawyers defend people when they know they're guilty of sin? Why do they do that? I talk all about that. So there's going to be some really cool episodes coming up. So the philosophy of crime, check that out. Uh, anyways, here's your top stories. Let's get to some some true crime news. These this this first news story is out of Romania, of all places, and involves the dark web. The dark web, as you may know, is a very scary place online. It's unregulated. It's unlisted. You can't find it in Google. Are you kidding me? You got to get like the Tor browser, the Onion browser. Anyways, you can go on the dark web and find just about anything. That's where a lot of people get some illicit drugs, order them through the mail. You can find women, men, and also hitmen. Hit a hitman. If you want to hire a hitman, apparently you can do it on the dark web. Or so many, many people thought. Last week, five men were arrested in Romania for running a website called on the dark web called Number One Hitman Marketplace. Which almost sounds like a an interesting Chinese restaurant, you know, that you want to visit. Number one Hitman Marketplace. There's a great restaurant in Cleveland called uh, Number One Fa. So you got to check that out if you're ever in town. Anyways, Number One Hitman Marketplace is where you could go on the dark web and hire a hitman, according to, or, or somebody pretending to be a hitman, according to a journalist named Brian Merchant at Vice, who's reported on this for a while. Uh, you could go on this marketplace and submit info on a target, tell them who you want killed, when you want them to be killed, and then you give them some money in Bitcoin. All these transactions happened with Bitcoin. And you could get a hitman for between $5,000 and $20,000, depending on who the target was and how quickly you wanted. If you absolutely must have them killed tomorrow, it's going to be very expensive. Here's the thing, though. It was all a scam. Any logical person could see this. Uh, as they say, a fool and his money are soon parted. That's what was going on here. Of course, they weren't hitmen. They were just fraudsters in Romania taking people's money. Saying, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll kill that guy for you. Just send me some Bitcoin. However, what they were doing was not without danger. Thousands of people fell for their scam. They got lots of money. So they're not in trouble for murder, they're in trouble for fraud, at least so far. Their clients, so there was this security analyst, his name was Christopher Montiero. This guy was able to break into number one hitman marketplace and take a look at their list of clients, the people that were paying them money. Found some really interesting things. And, and also the names of the people that they wanted killed. These were husbands who wanted to murder their wives, wives who wanted to murder their husbands, business partners. There's even one creep who wanted to kill a 14-year-old boy. Now, here's where it gets a little twisty, because when Christopher Montiero looked into this list and other people looked into this list, well, it turns out some of the people that they wanted dead actually turned up dead, but not by the Romanians. What would happen is, these people would pay the Romanians 
hitmen to, to kill the person, and when they didn't do it, they'd get frustrated and just kill him themselves. The vice journalist has since found, you know, this is since the arrest. So five men are arrested. It, it'll be an interesting court case to see how it comes together. What I want to see is, are there any famous people on that client list? Any politicians wanting other people dead? Who fell for this? You know, we got to see that client list, right? Anyways, the, the vice journalist who wrote the story went online after their arrest and found already there are sites... You know, they took down that number one hitman site, but there are already sites filling that niche, the, that that void, including including the Jabba Syndicate from Star Wars. They who are offering to kill whoever you want killed for about $15,000 worth of Bitcoin. The next two stories I have here are both from Ohio, and I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I guess we're the Florida of the Midwest these days. This one's going to make you angry. So, you know, trigger warning here, if you don't want your blood pressure into the stratosphere before a day of work, feel free to skip and listen to this part later. This concerns a man named Andrew Mitchell, who was a Columbus police officer, Columbus being the capital of Ohio. Andrew Mitchell's in the news this week because he was the defendant in a trial that ended in a hung jury, according to the Columbus Dispatch. What is he accused of? Well, Andrew Mitchell was working undercover on August 23, 2018, when he picked up 23-year-old Donna Castleberry while she was walking along Sullivan Avenue at 11.30 in the morning. Donna was, had fallen onto some hard times. She'd turned to prostitution to make a little money. Mitchell picked her up and asked her to per perform a sex act. And they agreed on a fee of $25. He then pulled behind an apartment building. And he parked so that uh, the door on Donna's side was too close to the building for her to open it and get out. Mitchell then said, hey, you're under arrest. At that point, Donna asked to see his badge, but he didn't have it on him. She said, okay, show me your walkie-talkie. Well, he didn't have that either. So all she has is the word of this creepy man who picked her up to believe he's a cop and not somebody that's going to rape and kill her. At that point, she says, hey, buddy, I don't think you're a cop. And he says, don't put your hands on me. This is all captured on audio, terrible audio recording. This whole thing that he was recording. She starts yelling out at people outside, saying she's being kidnapped. A scuffle ensues. Donna pulls a knife in self-defense. Andrew Mitchell shoots and kills her. He fires six times, hitting her with three bullets. Some of the shots Mitchell fired came when he was already partway out of the car, certainly much bigger than she was. Now, the jury on his case had to weigh all this evidence, everything I've just told you, but what they didn't hear, what wasn't introduced, because, you know, a case could be made 
that she pulled the knife and he was fearing for his life, even though he's much bigger, he's trained in self-defense, he's the one that put her in the car, all this. Jury had to wait. But what the jury didn't hear was that there were also internal police investigations, at least one, made that Mitchell was using his power as an undercover cop to perform, to force women to engage in sexual conduct. He was using his, you know, he's he's an undercover cop. You know, what happens, happens, is, is I guess, what, what he was saying. But he would use that position of power to force women to engage in sexual conduct. There's also federal charges pending against him for similar conduct. Jury didn't get to hear that. So hopefully they can reintroduce it when they retry this man, which prosecutors say that they hope to do. After a grueling two-month trial, a man named William Hussell was found not guilty this week, just Wednesday, on 14 counts of murder. The heck, was this guy a serial killer or what? Who is this guy? Nope. William Hussell, call him Dr. Hussell, who's the physician of the year at Cleveland Clinic. And he got in trouble when he was working at Mount Carmel West, which is a Catholic hospital in Columbus, Ohio. Just if he had been convicted on just one of those 14 counts, by the way, he would have been sent to prison for life. And he was facing 14 of those. That is high stakes. You can't lose any of them. And he didn't. Not guilty. A lot of this de- these details come from an excellent article that I put in the liner notes. Article written by journalists Brittany Shamus and Timothy Bella for the Washington Post. Here's what happened. All 14 of Hussell's patients were being kept alive on ventilators when they died. Many were in the process of dying already. They were suffering from overdoses, cancer, strokes, but nobody was pulling the plug. Hussell was accused of ordering large doses of fentanyl. 100 milligrams is a recommended dose of fentanyl in that situation, by the way. 100 micrograms, that is, 100 micrograms. Uh, Hussell would order sometimes 1,000 micrograms. In one case, it was 2,000 micrograms, which was so much that they ran out of fentanyl in the hospital that day. And then the question becomes, do you see where this is going? Did these 14 people die of their diseases, or was Hussel ending their suffering? Was this assisted suicide? I mean, it couldn't, it couldn't be assisted suicide, I guess, because they weren't conscience, uh, conscious. They were not awake. These people were in the process of dying. Um, but did he, was he ending their suffering? Is that what he was doing? And if so, is that wrong? Is that even murder? It's a fascinating case. Assisted suicide is legal, by the way, in Washington, D.C., California, Colorado, Oregon, Vermont, New Mexico, Maine, New Jersey, Hawaii, in Washington, but not, not in Ohio. You know, personally, if I'm on a ventilator and you want to give me 2,000 micrograms of fentanyl to end it all, you have my permission. I'm giving whoever <laughs> might be treating me in that situation, please somebody give them this podcast. Tell them it's okay. I don't want to suffer. It's crazy. 
What a weird case. One final tidbit that kind of sours the whole thing. Uh, Husserl's lawyer was uh, Jose Baez. might remember that name. Do you remember where it's from? He was K.C. Anthony's lawyer. He also uh, was the lawyer for Harvey Weinstein for a bit. So, uh, anyways, a little debate there. What do you think? Uh, let me know what you think. Should this guy have even been charged with murder? Was he doing them a favor? Did they die of the disease? To me, if he was if he was ending their suffering, so be it. I, if I was on that jury, I would not have convicted him, convicted him either. It's weird that they even brought charges. So let me know what you think. Shoot me a comment. Email me. We'll be right back in 2 and 2 with cold case updates, including this update about the Madeline McCann case that just came out of nowhere. Be right back. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome back to Kolchak, The Night Stalker, starring Darren McGavin. Here's the cold case update. Madeline McCann, who saw this coming? Holy hell, what's going on? I'll tell you. Forbes is right now, and why Forbes? I don't know. Aren't they about, like, investments and stuff? Anyways, Forbes has the scoop. They're right now reporting that a suspect has been charged in the disappearance of Madeline McCann arguably the world's most famous cold case. As you remember, as you may remember, what happened to my voice there? A three-year-old Madeline disappeared from the Praia de Luz resort in Portugal on May 3rd, 2007. This is that case where the girl and some of her cousins, I think, or friends, other little kids were left alone while their parents 
went out to dinner. Now, when you hear that, you're like, oh my God, how could they do that? Well, if you see the layout of the resort, it's not as bad as it sounds because they could kind of see where that apartment was from where they were eating. There was this little restaurant in the middle of the resort. It really wasn't that far away. And the parents would take turns checking on the kids. Like every 10 minutes or so, one of the parents would go in and make sure they were okay. Well, eventually they go in and find Madeline's not there. Worst nightmare, right? For a long time, because of those details, because it was reported and nobody could wrap their heads around how parents could leave their kids alone while they went out to dinner, the parents were looked at as suspects. Just run through it by the, the media. It was really gross to watch. Um, of course, they didn't have anything to do with it. Um, so remember, that she, she disappeared on May 3rd, 2007. Look at that date. We're coming up on the anniversary, and it's no accident that there's charges right now because, well, it, it deals with the statute of limitations. Here in the United States, there's no statute of limitations on murder anymore. You could bring murder charges 50 years later, which we're seeing in a lot of these genetic genealogy cases. But that's it's not the same in all countries, including Portugal, where the statute of limitations is 15 years which is next week. So that's why they had to move on this. So here's what we know so far. On Wednesday, German law enforcement named Christian Buckner a suspect in Madeline's disappearance for the first time. He's been in, in prison for a while. There's been speculation that he had something to do with the disappearance. So on Wednesday, German law enforcement said, yeah, he's a suspect. And then the next day, on Thursday, news broke that he was being charged in Portugal in connection with Madeline's disappearance. This move makes Bruckner an arguido, as they call it. It's a legal term, a legal distinction, unlike what we have here in America, where when they're named an arguido in Portugal, that makes them a defendant automatically, and it freezes the statute of limitations. It's the police saying, we think this is the guy, hold everything, we're going to show you how we did it. We're going to take him to court and all that. So it froze the statute of limitations, and they can now continue their investigation for a bit. Bruckner is a 43-year-old man, convicted pedophile, um, convicted uh, actually of um, a rape of, a, I believe she was 72 years old, a woman at um, a resort too. And phone records place him in Praia de Luz, the night of Madeline's disappearance. So they think they got their guy. Fingers crossed. In other cold case updates, a California teenager who disappeared three years ago was found safe last week in Utah. In September 2019, 16-year-old Connor Jack Oswalt was reported missing by his family in Clear Lake, California, according to SF Gate, San Francisco Gate. Oswalt was entered into NamUs, where they revealed that he was on the autism spectrum and had run away before, but never, never, never for this long. This was September 2019 he disappeared. He left after his mother took his phone away, took the family cat, walked out the front door. People reported seeing a young man a couple weeks ago pushing a shopping cart in Park City, Utah. Now, if, if you're unfamiliar with Utah, Park City's where 
the Sundance Film Festival happens every January. It's a beautiful little little town. I used to work at Sundance. Um, I would my job was getting people on the buses into the right theaters. Really fun job for a couple of years out of college. Um, police in Park City found Oswald sleeping outside a convenience store. They brought him into the cruiser. He didn't really want to tell him his name, but they, he allowed them to take his fingerprints, and it kicked up a warrant out of Nevada. And that's how they kind of pieced it all together. Now, the stepfather drove out to Utah to confirm, and oh my God, yes, this is him. And, you know, they, they have footage of the reunion with, with his mother, and everybody's crying, and it's, it's a wonderful moment. Family reunited after three years. Uh, by the way, what happened in Nevada? Why did he have a warrant? He disappeared in California, showed up in Utah. What the heck happened in Nevada? Very similar incident. On October 19th, just last year, 2021, police found Oswald wandering around. He And at that point, when the police approached him, it seemed like he wanted to fight. He threw a rock at the officer's head. Officer pulled a stun gun. That didn't really slow him down either. So the officer pulled his firearm. It came really close to this kid dying then. Luckily, uh, stronger heads prevailed, and uh, he was okay. He made it to, to Utah. So um, hopefully that that works out for him and and his family. I'm glad he's I'm glad he's back. Uh, in the world of genetic genealogy, nice solve by you guessed it, the DNA Dope Project. They've identified a victim in the Happy Face Killer. This is a serial killer, the Happy Face Killer. Identified a new victim of his after 29 years. Identified her as one Patricia Skipple of Oregon. This is this is from their uh, release. They've identified a woman found near westbound State Route 152 near Gilroy, California, Identified her as Patricia Skipple, known as Patty or Patsy. She was born in May 29, 1948, and raised in Colton, Oregon. Serial killer Keith Hunter Jesperson, also known as the Happy Face Killer, confessed to her murder, along with the strangulation killings of seven other women that occurred between 1990 and 1994, still serving a four-life sentence without the possibility of parole in Oregon State Penitentiary. And it goes on to thank everybody involved in that. If you're unfamiliar with the Happy Face Killer case and the one Keith Hunter Jesperson, it was you know it's 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 crazy. This was a very active serial killer on the west side of the United States. Um, he would strangle his victims. He was captured on March 30th, 1995. And the way they got him, he was one of those killers that went and bragged to the media. And they called him the happy face killer because he would take credit for these murders in these letters. And then instead of signing his name, he'd just draw a happy face. So nice work. Uh, you know, in place of weird news this week, I got to I gotta mention the... I'm going to talk just a little bit about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial. Are you watching this? It's it's going live. It's streaming. It's all over the place. Johnny Depp suing Amber Heard for $50 million for defamation. 
After she claimed domestic violence, he said it didn't happen, at least not the way she says, to the degree she says. Amber Heard is countersuing him for $100 million. So, you know, it's a mess. I'm not going to go into the details of the case. That's not really what I want to talk about. Um, but something very odd happened at the trial on Wednesday that involves a journalist named Eve Barlow, who was thrown out of the courtroom and banned from the trial. What the heck happened? Well, there's this witness, Gina Duders, who was a witness uh, for Johnny Depp. She's on the stand, and it's alleged that this Eve Barlow, in court, in open court, showed Amber Heard's attorneys a social media post by Gina Duders that was written in support of Depp. Now, it was actually written in 2021, but what they're alleging that Eve Barlow did was she admitted that she omitted the timestamp and made it look like this post was from that day or, or very recent, saying that this clearly biased and, and you know, going on social media during the trial. And so the, she's alleged to, like, essentially manipulating evidence in order to get this witness bounced. The heck is a journalist doing that for? She was also caught texting and live treating during the trial. Just kicked out. You're not allowed to have cell phones in there unless you're the attorneys. Now, I get, as a journalist, I get the need and the desire to help a defendant in a case that you might be covering. I have given some reports to attorneys, defense attorneys, um, prosecutors, but only... Only in the event that it was refuting facts that were already there, that lies. Only if they were refuting lies, and only if it was like keeping a guy from going to prison, or a woman from going to prison, or if it was, you know, a life and death kind of situation. That's where you reserve that. That's when you act like you you can set your bias aside and try to help another fellow human being. But this is not that. This is a civil case. And this journalist is getting all mucked up and involved here. So who the who's Eve Barlow? Well, the Daily Mail, the bastion of journalism in the UK, did a profile on her not too long ago. And uh, Eve Barlow was was kind of on track. They said to be a star writer for New York Magazine. Now New York Magazine's been in the news lately because of the. Um, uh, Anna Delvey story, right? That's where the journalist who covered her was from, New York Magazine. Now, all this changed, said Eve Barlow, when she tweeted on May 31st, 2020, and they're calling this, this tweet racist, and she says she was canceled because of it. Here is the tweet. Quote, Woke up to see that synagogues in L.A. have been graffitied during the riots. This is the Black Lives Matters riots have been uh, graffitied during the riots with the words Free Palestine and Fuck Israel, and that Dua Lipa is spreading anti-Semitic posts on her IG feed. How dare you bring the Jewish nation and community into the killing of black American lives? Anyways, she, she says that that tweet was declared racist. She was canceled over it. Is that, is that 
post-racist? I'm not going to weigh in on that. It just seems to me like if you want to argue about it, it's really fucking elitist. Um, it's a tweet. You know, it, you have to break it down in order to find the racism in it. Maybe it's there. I don't think she should have been canceled. I don't really think she was canceled over it anyway. She claimed she was blacklisted after that by editors. She was a freelancer at the time. I'm not so sure about that. Um, I think there might be a lot of other reasons she wasn't able to get another job. Or not enough jobs or at the right places. It seems, that would be a really weird thing to get blacklisted over. But anyways, um, she she went to the Daily Mail and told her story. And then it became a thing. And then she really was blacklisted, probably. So if she wasn't blacklisted before, she certainly was, certainly was after the Daily Anyways, it's a whole it's it's a whole thing. You've got a journalist trying to get a witness bounced in a trial. And in beyond that, Eve Barlow showed up to court in Amber Heard's car. Make it that what you will. I don't know. Um, even after all this came out today, too, she's still tweeting. Still little snide remarks about the trial on Johnny Depp. In full disclosure, too, I should tell you that back in 2016, uh, Depp's production company optioned uh, True Crime Addict, which, which was the book that I wrote about the Maura Murray case. But it's uh, it hasn't been with them since, I think, 2018 or something like that. Um, I never got to meet Johnny Depp, by the way. Uh, I think he's a great actor. Um, I like his relationship with Hunter S. Thompson, of course. Um, but I did meet his people. I met his friends. Great, great people. Some of the nicest people I've met out in L.A., actually. So, um, anyways, bizarre story. In the world of pop culture, I do want to mention there's a new true crime book out this week about the Moore's murderers. In fact, it's called The Moore's Murderers. This is the full story on Ian Brady and Myra Hindley. Now, if you're from the United States, you might not know this pair, but it's a notorious crime out of the UK. The Moore's Murderers gives readers a rare and fascinating look into the lives of Ian Brady and Myra Hindley, often referred to as the most evil couple in British history. After a torture and killing spree that lasted two years and left five innocent children dead, Many aspects of their lives have been kept hidden from the public. This new book uh, release changes that. In the mid-1960s, the serenity of Saddleworth Moor was forever interrupted, even if people didn't know it yet, as the area became a grave for the innocent child victims of Ian Brady and Myra Hindley. The couple's vile torture and killings have shaken up British history ever since, with the couple often considered two of the most evil people to have lived. Um, it's the in-depth story of a crazy, crazy um, pair. It, it always creeps me out when you've got a couple like that doing sadistic stuff. How do they find each other? Especially in the days before uh, Tinder, you know? I don't know. Let's check the charts. This is the uh, charts of the top true crime podcasts according to... Chartable, which charts the iTunes and, and what's trending on uh, podcasts, specifically true crime podcasts right now. You've got your number, you've got your top 10. It's it's pretty locked in. You've got Crime Junkie and My Favorite Murder, 
Uh, but let's go a little further because at number 12 this week is True Crime with our friend Kendall Ray. Nice to see. She's taken her uh, YouTube channel devoted to true crime and she's making it into podcasts. So if you're not into the YouTube stuff, you're just into podcasts, you can still hear hear her stories. And they're very good. She's very in-depth. She does her research. So that's at number 12. Number 20 is a new podcast called Locked Inside that sounds really, really interesting. Here's the write-up. On April 12th, 2021, first responders were called to a group home on a quiet street in Gilbert, Arizona, where they found a man washing away blood in the shower. As investigators tried to piece together what had happened, neighbors would learn that a convicted killer had been released to live on their street. Locked Inside reveals the events leading up to this tragedy and questions how it may have been prevented, exposing holes in the state's justice and mental health systems along the way. That's Locked Inside at number 20. Check it out. As always, um, after the show, you can talk to me on Repod app. Ask me any questions there. Tell me no. I'll tell you no lies. That's the show for this week, guys. Uh, next week, uh, tune in. I'll be I'll be doing this thing from my hotel room in Las Vegas and Bally's, I guess. I, I got to learn craps. I have a week to learn craps. So um, it is Friday, and that's a reason to celebrate. And in the words of the incomparable Murray Saul, it's time that we got to 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 got to. Gotta, 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 Get down, damn it. True Crime This Week is a Fearful Symmetry production. Our theme music is Trash Town Boogie by Mr. Smith, used under a Creative Commons license for use in this show. All sources are listed in the liner notes at the end of this episode. If you like the cut of my jib, please check out my other podcast, Philosophy of Crime. Unless quoted directly from a source, all content should be considered the opinion of the host. That's me, James Renner. See you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.